The scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to John, and we're going to be in the fourth chapter, starting with the 46th verse, and it goes like this. He returned to Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. In Capernaum, there was a certain royal official whose son was sick. When he heard that Jesus was coming from Judea to Galilee, he went out to meet him and asked Jesus if he would come and heal his son, for his son was about to die. Jesus said to him, unless you see miraculous signs and wonders, you won't believe. The royal official said to him, Lord, come before my son dies. And Jesus replied, go home, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and set out for his house. While he was on his way, his servants were already coming to meet him, and they said, your son lives. So he asked them at what time his son started to get better. And they said, the fever left him yesterday at about one o'clock in the afternoon. Then the father realized that this was the hour when Jesus had said, your son lives. And he is his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did while going to Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, so I don't know, I know some of you share my um, fascination with 1970s sci-fi movies. I won't name any names, but I know who you are. <laughs> and one of my favorite one of those is um, a book written by Douglas Adams. It's really a series of books, or what he calls a trilogy in five parts, because that's what he does. Um, and it's called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Anybody else but me read this? Thank you, Melissa. Ah, Elaine. Yeah, see, I knew people were with me. <laughs> the guy who wrote it, Douglas Adams, he's like the grandfather of like sci-fi. Everybody who does sci-fi stuff points to his stuff. He was the original, the, the OG, as the kids say. And <laughs> they don't say that anymore. I know that. <laughs> he also wrote Doctor Who, which some of you have heard me talk about before. And the broad narrative of the Hitchhiker story goes like this. There's a guy, he's a normal guy, and his name is Arthur Dent. And he works in an office building. And one day, this guy shows up, whose name is Ford Prefect, which is clearly an alien name, but he doesn't know that. And he says to Arthur, don't panic, and don't forget your towel. Now Arthur, being a normal person, says, why should I panic? I'm just working in my everyday job. There's no reason to panic. And for what possible reason would I need a towel in my life, right? So he goes home and does like his normal stuff. Well, all of a sudden, a big, a big spaceship swoops down and rescues him. And the last thing that Ford says to him before he gets in the spaceship, don't panic and don't forget your towel. Now it turns out that the towel was the most important thing that Arthur could have had. Right? Because what are all the ways that you could use a towel? I've got a list. What are some ways you could use a towel for being, yes? Yes, to wash yourself. How else could we use a towel? To hide. To hide, yeah. What else? We're going on an adventure. Fire. To do what? Fire. Fire. To protect your face from vapors. We're going to alien planets. Yeah, how else could we use a towel? A whip? Yeah, if you had to protect yourself, you could like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what else? A pillow, yeah. A blanket to keep us warm. There's lots of ways that you could use a towel. Now, Arthur just has to take his word for it. 
Arthur doesn't know all these things before he gets on the spaceship. He doesn't know he's going to need a towel. He doesn't know why he's going to need the towel. And for goodness sakes, he doesn't know why he shouldn't panic. Now, the worst thing that I think you could ever say to a human being is, calm down. The second worst thing you can say to a human being is, don't panic. Because what's the first thing you're going to do, right? You're going to panic. Somebody tells you not to panic, you immediately figure out that there's a reason you should be panicking. And yet, essentially, that's what Jesus does in this story. Now, this is a dad, a dad whose son is sick. And the Bible doesn't tell us how long he's been sick or what kind of sickness he has. It just says that he has a fever, and the fever won't break. And the worst feeling in the world as a parent is when your child is doing something that you can't help them with. Like when your child has a fever and you can't break it. So this man runs to Jesus. It's a three-day journey from his house to Jesus. This is not like an impulse thing, but he's desperate and he's panicking. And he gets to Jesus and he says, Jesus, my child is dying. He's sick. And it's probably the flu. It's just a fever, right? And so I think we forget sometimes, us modern folks, with access to hospitals and antibiotics and treatments and doctors, that a fever could kill you. But that's what's happening here. He's afraid. His child is on the edge of things, and he is panicking. The dad, he's, heard, he's heard rumors about this guy in the desert. Now, Jesus is famous to us, so we also forget that there's a time when the people in the Bible didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't know what he was going to get into when he went to Jesus. He just went to Jesus and said, hey, I've heard some things. I don't know if you can really do this or not, but I'm panicking, and we don't always make good decisions when we panic. And so I'm here, and I'm hoping you can help me. And Jesus says, abracadabra, essentially. He says, bippity-boppity-boo, go home. The words Jesus says don't really matter. It's not the words that Jesus says that calm this man down. It's that the man listened. He slowed him down. Jesus slowed him down long enough to hear, to see, to know who Jesus was. Jesus, in a nicer way, said, no, I'm not going to your house. I've got other things to do today. I'm kind of busy. I'm not going to go with you. And the man doesn't panic when he says that. Now, I don't know about you. When my child's sick, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get him help. Right? If I have to, like, drag the doctor to my house, if I have to literally drag the doctor to my house when my child is sick, I'm going to make it happen. But this man turns around and goes home. All he takes is a word from Jesus. Don't panic. Don't panic. There are lots of good reasons to panic. There's lots of good reasons for us to feel desperate. There's lots of good reasons for us to feel out of control, to feel like we can't handle whatever's happening. There are lots of good reasons for us to act irrationally to just want somebody to do something. We can come up with lots of good reasons, legitimate reasons to panic. It's a rather normal response to being afraid of things. Like, if your life is in danger, you should panic. 
There's nothing wrong with that. And yet there are times where we panic over things that are not such a big deal. Where we get desperate when we don't really need to be desperate, when we're afraid when we don't really need to be afraid. You ever had that experience? Where you're feeling out of control and you don't know why? Or maybe you do know why and yet you still feel out of control and there's nothing you can do about it. Don't panic. How do we open ourselves up to hear those words when we feel out of control? Maybe not those words, maybe it's the other words that Jesus speaks to you in your heart. But how do we learn to take the time to take a break, to breathe, to slow down, and to be still enough to listen to God speak? When we panic, we get out of control. When we get desperate, we believe that we have to do everything, that we have to control everything. When we don't know what's about to happen, when we become uncertain, what we forget to do almost all the time is to stop, to slow down, to listen to the voice of God. Be still. Breathe. I'm with you. Maybe all Jesus tells you is to go home. Jesus says, go home. I know you feel overwhelmed, and I know you feel out of control, and I'm inviting you to listen to my voice and to breathe with me. Listen. The truth is, almost all of the things about which we fear, which we panic about, which we are in desperation about, are not end-of-the-world things. They're not end-of-our-life things. They are not catastrophes. And the list of things that we fear, that we're worried about every day, most of them, I would bet, are not things that we need to panic about. That most of them are things we can turn over to God and say, I'm going to be still. Be still. Don't panic. And don't forget your towel. Amen.